Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, and she's <laughs> in the top eight, and you're going to hop around, man. So we're going... We moved into the balls deep portion of the <laughs> There's some things you just can't find, but... Like, like Mex- Mexican food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> Gather round, boys and girls. It's time for another special episode of everyone's favorite legacy-themed, New England-centered, Magic the Gathering-focused podcast. Uh, this is your host, Jerry Me, joined with my two best co-hosts in the very great world, Adrian. <laughs> As opposed to the other co-hosts. Yeah, and Pat! <laughs> hey, I'm a co-host. <laughs> uh, uh, what's going on, gents? Uh, oh yeah, nothing going on here. <laughs> what's going on with you guys? Just uh, hanging out. Prepping for the big tournament next week down in Philly, Eternal Weekend. Getting pretty I'm, pumped. I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty envious. Uh, it, it looks like it's going to be the who's who of the Eternal. Facebook group, anyway. <laughs> yes, of the Facebook group, yep. <laughs> yeah, it looks killer, man. Everyone on there is talking about going down. I'm very jealous. Yeah. Very jealous. I know, fucking Evan's going up with nine people from Atlanta. That's fucking awesome. Well, so sick. There's two massive legacy tournaments on the same weekend. On Saturday, there's a. Uh, I didn't do the math, but I think it's a 10K, a Legacy 10K, and then on Sunday, there's a 40 duels and 40 fetch lands. Damn. So, I I, I don't even know if I'm going to have the energy to do the 40 duels and 40 fetch lands, but I hope so. Dude, but, win in row, man. You gotta do it, right? Uh, the big thing is uh, convincing the car mates to stay. Um, oh, sure, yeah. Because we all, we all have work Monday, so we may just... <laughs> that's the thing, is it's not like there's not other things to do. They're also doing, like, Modern Masters drafts. Um, so we may just do, like, a Modern Masters draft or two and then bounce. Uh, that's awesome. But definitely playing in the uh, Legacy main event on Saturday. But, uh, yeah, it should be a good time. What are you going to run, Jerry? Oh, I'm, I'm sticking to the tried-and-true aggro loam. Um, okay. it, I feel it always happens. I always get the pre-game jitters where, like, the week before, I'm not doing very well with the deck. And I, I've been putting up mediocre results with it lately. Mm-hmm. But it happens every time, and I've just learned from experience the worst possible thing you can do is audible to a new deck right before <laughs> the tournament. <laughs> yes. Like, I've done it before, and I've just done it, and I'm just like, why the fuck did I do that? Not only am I playing a bad deck, I'm also playing a bad deck that I don't know how to pilot if you're gonna play a bad deck at least play a bad deck you know how to pilot <laughs> so you're playing the aggro loan with aragoth with uh titania priestess of aragoth yes <laughs> i've been getting some flack because i was not that consistent in last week's episode <laughs> in <laughs> know your list jerry come on man <laughs> Well, uh, the only, I mean, the only thing was, like, it, it is kind of semantics between Tess and fucking Ant. Like, to me, I just, if I see Rite of Flame, I just assume. Oh, Tess. yeah, there was that. I wasn't even referring to that. I was referring to the uh, the uh, naming. I kept referring to Titania as Priestess oh, yeah. of Titania. But, right, oh, right. yes, yeah, I'm glad you reminded me that. Yeah, because we, we talked to Brian Cook. Uh, Brian Cook said it straight. Uh, it is much more of a, a test list than a uh, regular at, uh, ant list, and yeah. I actually like the way uh, you you said it, Pat. Too the the way that he thinks about it is because uh, I never really thought about it this way. Is that test goes for the real early kill 
try and win as fast as possible, whereas Ant is more of the set up your combo, uh, make sure that they don't have any per, uh, permission, and, and then go off at the perfect moment, where Tess is like, jam it, do it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, so I was just uh, I was just in an instant, instant messenger with uh, Chris Cheehy before we picked up this call. Because mm-hmm. uh, he was wondering where he could donate, like, through PayPal. Like he was, he just wanted to make a direct contribution, kind of like Evan did with the, with the playmats and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't actually see it from him yet, so I don't know if it's still waiting to be processed. But that actually just reminded me, we are actually at four hundred and fifty dollars. What the fuck is that? Wow, that's crazy. No, what's that noise? Oh, sorry, that's me. I'm tapping. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Okay, so. So yeah, so so far it's at four hundred and fifty dollars, and I actually don't see his donation yet. So we may actually be over five hundred at this point. I think between the box that fucking you brought, Pat, Jerry, uh, yeah, those like ten thousand commons. Yeah, big thanks to uh, Mike Gerard, a local player. He uh, donated a basically a Tupperware bin full of cards and stacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm, I think I, I'm assuming there. Uh, we're crossing five anyway, and probably. Uh, what did I say? The August 29th would be the Crucible of Worlds closing. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that right. sounds right. Because that was a Tuesday, and that gives us uh, some time to mention it on the cast too. So yeah. So there's the State of the Union. All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm gonna I want I want to try to push donations out tonight while we're recording anyway. Cool. Nice. Uh, so did you guys play any Magic this weekend? Yeah, uh, I did. Did you, Adrian? I think, did I? I mean, I saw you at TE, but I don't think you were playing, right? Uh, no, I was watching a lot of Magic. I'm trying to think if I played after that. I don't think I did it. No, I don't think, maybe I must not have. I must not have. I probably would remember it. Well, you, uh, <laughs> you watched a lot of Magic matches. Did you see anything interesting? Yeah, I saw a dark ritual cracked out of a pack. <laughs> <laughs> okay, going straight for the salt. <laughs> what, what salt? What salt? <laughs> the salt I'm, of I'm my like, tears as I realized the waste. <laughs> no, I'm looking at it like, dude, that's fucking pack fresh dark ritual. Actually, I can get ten fins together in a month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, to, to give the backstory, our local shop up here recently acquired a revi- a sealed revised booster box and so instead of trying to hold it and try and selling it as a whole they decided to crack the booster box uh and sell the packs uh so i ended up buying a pack and i was very sad i got a 25 cent rare out of a 40 dollar booster pack but (laughs) power surge right power surge and uh, somebody else got mana vault yep i remember we were all sitting around because also the rare was randomized you didn't actually know which which one which slot the rare was and they didn't have the color coordination back then so (laughs) so we asked Six in a pack. Yeah, there were five basic lands in my pack. <laughs> I got a $40 pack, and five of the cards were basic lands. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The most expensive card in that pack was Dark Ritual. <laughs> yep, Dark Ritual was the most expensive card in that pack. But we were gathered around, and we had to ask Nate, the local judge, over, because he played back in the day. He's like, Nate, which one of these is the rare? Because we couldn't figure it out. And then he found it Power Surge. And then we realized, like, oh, the other rule of thumb with uh, Alpha, Beta, and Revised is look for the most complicated card. It's probably the rare. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so people are kind of going cr- uh, a little stir crazy, hoping you know it's one thing playing the Tarmogoyf lottery with Modern Masters; it's another thing to play the Underground Sea lottery. <laughs> <laughs> the underground sea lottery. I well, I felt. I mean, it was a little. I I'm, I've always been one to just pick up the singles, like instead of the pack myself. Oh yeah, makes way more sense to pick up the singles. But I do have another pack unopened in my backpack Ooh. right now. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll talk. We if crack uh, on air. Uh, I was just ripping a flip it. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a monster, Adrian. That's all you kept saying. <laughs> I was uh, I was thinking that, or I was thinking, you know, since we're crossing the 500 mark to circle it back to the charity, I was thinking also if maybe if we get it over a thousand, doing a uh, lottery for the revised pack. Uh, I'd, cool. I'd, I'd actually rather get away from the 50-50 myself and get towards a 75-25. Well, I mean, like maybe just like total raised. Yeah, I was I wasn't talking. I was just talking about total raised. Oh, oh I see. Like I see what total. you're saying. I see what you're saying. Okay, all right, you're, you're talking about a running total then. Right. right yeah. Once we get over a thousand dollars raised total. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Doing the pack as a uh, as a lottery prize. No, that's cool. That's cool. My thoughts just been like, you know, originally we mentioned um, like fifty fifty five hundred dollar at at a five hundred dollar threshold. So I I kind of just mm-hmm. been thinking of that as like keeping my word and sticking to my word. Oh yeah, no, I, I, that, I, I'm fine with that. If we wanted to even lean it more towards the charities I, later on too. Yeah, I just didn't realize how fucking awesome people were going to be yeah. about it. So I'm like, well, all right, well we, sh- we, I, you know, I want to push these donations out, and I want to get to like a seventy-five twenty-five with seventy-five is hitting whatever charity. But yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, that'd be cool if you throw a pack up at a thousand. That's fucking yeah, thousand dollars raised, revised pack on the line. <laughs> you too can have a power surge. Yeah, <laughs> mind bend. <laughs> the, the best parts when somebody's gonna fucking crack your pack and, and pull the underground sea. Well, the thing to remember is, uh, oh yeah, I mean, well, hey, good for them. That'll be the story. That'll be the story for the podcast. <laughs> the time, the time we gave away an underground sea. <laughs> the time Jerry threw one up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean. Soul, soul ring is uncommon, so you have a pretty good chance of cracking a soul ring. That's not too bad. A pack fresh soul ring. A pack fresh. Yeah, that was another thing. It was almost weird handling the cards and them being pack fresh because you're so used to handling revised uh, cards and them being like worn, like they've been in a shoebox for the last twenty years. It was weird. I don't mind work. Like they, yeah, they almost it, it, like it felt like they weren't real. Do you know? I, did did I ever tell you what I used to fucking play like? Like so back when I used to play, you know, revised Fallen Empires, we didn't have sleeves. There weren't mats and shit. Mm-hmm. And I walked around with a fucking tin can, and my deck was in it. And it had like I can't remember if I used talcum powder or fucking baby powder to absorb the oils from your hands <laughs> on the cards so that they could slick up better and shuffle easier. <laughs> Um, now imagine what those fucking duels look what look like today. <laughs> Mild play. Yeah. Looks like someone was doing coke off them. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it was it was funny because when I used to just bridge the deck, the big fucking cloud of white smoke would just cover. Who <laughs> thought you were doing a magic trick? Yeah. It was it was the fucking magician's cloud of smoke. <laughs> and then Jesus I'd exhale Christ. all the fucking weed I was smoking. So. <laughs> Shit was crazy. <laughs> so so I was looking at the revised rares. I mean, the only cards that are in there that are worth anything are obviously the Ten Lands and, um, uh, what's the other one? Wheel of Fortune? Yeah, Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune is like 20 bucks mid. 
Yep. Um, and then after that, I think Soul Ring is honestly the next expensive card. Yeah, it's like five bucks maybe. Yep. Okay. Then, then what? Then Fork. Uh, for, I uh, yeah, because Fork's probably revive. Keep in mind, it's white border. Like when these like semi good cards, people want the black border because they'll pitch pay up. They'll they'll pay you know fifty dollars for a beta version of a a, a land of oh, I'm sorry of a rare. Uh, whereas, like, the white border ones, like, they've either been reprinted since then, or if they're that truly iconic, people want the black borders. They don't care about the white borders. Yeah, Fork's well, under five bucks. Sure, but it's, it's probably, like, right around that, yeah. I mean, my my, my thinking is, like, and if, well, Fork was quote-unquote reprinted in the form of Reverberate, mm-hmm. but, but Fork is still Fork. Like, Wheel of Fortune, you can't find another anything like it. Right, exactly. There's there's alternatives. Yeah. It may be not strict reprints, but there's alternatives for it. Whereas Wheel of, Wheel of Fortune's also pretty iconic. Yeah, Wheel of Fortune's a hell of a lot of fun, but to me, like, I never really cared if it was blackboarded or whiteboarded. I always just wanted it whiteboarded because it was cheaper. True. Like, I'm not, I'm not one to foil out a fucking deck. Right, but I mean, when was the last time you played Fork in a Legacy deck? Um, well... Yeah, you'd have to uh, <laughs> let me let me quantify that that Wheel of Fortune is not in a legacy deck. Well no, that's just because Wheel of Fortune's banned. Right, but that's what I play Fork with. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I love to adopt ritual underworld. I see what you're, I'm Wheel picking up what you're putting down now. Oh, I'm yeah. picking up what oh, you're putting down. <laughs> with Underworld Dreams, Wheel of Fortune's a fucking Oh player. yeah. That was like one of my favorite <laughs> that was like the first combo deck I ever saw was Underworld Dreams with Wheel of Fortune and Teferi's Puzzle Box. That's okay. another awesome great old card. Yeah. So I yeah I've always I've always had an, uh, an affinity and you know what maybe that was part of it where like Lord of I mean Lord of the Pit and Wheel of Fortune were just so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway yeah enough enough about Grizzlebrand. <laughs> so I, I had a question. For uh, what? I had a quick, quick question. I'm just looking through some of the rares and revised and I'm looking at Winter Orb. And yes. why was it why was it errated to be when as long as Winter Orb is untapped? That's actually how all the old artifacts used to be. Um, if its type is mono artifact, mono artifact was an uh, a type of artifact that actually had the ability it only worked while it was untapped. Um, oh, you the got other... a though, Jerry. Sorry, what was that? You got it. You got it. You, you. I think. Uh, you're. Uh, how can I put it? I want to be fucking play with it, but I, I don't think I think you're missing something there, because Candelabra Thanos is a mono artifact because it has to tap to be used. Right. Like, it, it was never clear whether a tapped artifact would have an ability or not. So like Howling Mine and Winter mm-hmm. Orb have been eroded that same way. Exactly. That that's why it was changed. Is they moved away from the mono artifact. Right, like that was yeah, because mono artifact was more like antiquities. It sounded like you were saying mono artifact meant it had to be untapped. But yeah, uh, mono- oh, you may be right. I may be confusing. What uh, what was the term then? Where it had to be, it only worked while it was untapped. That was just something that they had to clarify because people were were doing things like. Um, I remember uh, the big thing with it, at least when I was playing, was tangle wire. Sure, um, because you so that's would, probably where it started to make more sense. And Tangle Wire wasn't printed, right? Mm-hmm. That that came later. That was in what is it, Urza Saga? Probably. Yeah, I mean, I gotta, I'll, you know, acknowledging I stopped at Fallen Empires. Mm-hmm. So like, I missed Tangle Wire. There was a whole, there was a whole world of shit I didn't see, which was what, which was what made Legacy so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> was I got to see all these re- ridiculous things that like. You know, even though they had been around for a while, they were new to me. Like I remembered half of the cards we were playing. Like I remembered High Tide, but I, when I used High Tide, it was with Mana Flare. You know, like it was just not the same. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, Tango Wire was Nemesis, so that actually came like ten years down the line. Okay. But um, there were decks based around that with Tangle Wire and Artifacts that um, only, like Howling Mine, only worked when they were untapped. So um, the other big oh. one was Icy Manipulator. And Twiddle. Oh, yeah. Yep, so you'd Icy Manipulator, your Howling Mine, so you would draw the extra cards, but your opponent wouldn't. Oh, interesting. So it was like... That's it, it, it's unusual. That's very confusing. It is. I can see why it was eroded. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, why they stopped. It was, <laughs> it, it was, I, think it was, I think it was very similar with Twiddle, because Twiddle was around then. People would Twiddle an Artifact. Right. So you could you could like twiddle the winter orb and untap your lands, mm-hmm. but keep your opponent tapped out. Right, and you could tap it at the end of turn and keep them tapped out on their turn. Kind of thing. It, it was it was harder. Yeah, I mean it was harder to tap it. You had to like regrowth a twiddle, but hmm. some of it was kind of funky. Winter orb probably goes well with Jerry's favorite card. Stasis. <laughs> yes. Oh uh, yeah, winter orb was uh, sometimes a one of. Dude, that fucking deck you were playing. I still don't know what the hell Aragoth does. <laughs> yeah. Like, so how, how did you end up doing Jerry on Sunday? Uh, I can I, I can I can I just jump in and express what the hell I saw Jerry do? Sure, go uh, ahead, Adrian. <laughs> I, Jerry did something against like, uh, and I I got to give Aaron credit because he started playing blue, and that's fucking <laughs> yeah. <so> <laughs> well, he played Death and Taxes, splashing blue for Meddling Mage and Geistesaint Trapped. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was working for him because he fucking like. Viled in meddling mage and said life from the yeah, I'm like what? Wow, that was fucking yeah. Jerry I'm like that's a thi- yeah. I'm just like yep, that's a thing. <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm playing was... death and taxes. Then main deck meddling mage game one. <laughs> that was the most fucked up shit. And then all of a sudden, like the next game, you cast Aragoth and he just scooped. I'm like, I still don't know what that card does. <laughs> yeah, we I had some really good games with Aaron. He was playing a brew, basically boiled down to like we said, death and taxes with blue. And two very close games, and then the third game uh, was was real good. So always a pleasure playing him. Um, Death and Taxes, I found, is actually one of my deck's toughest matchups. Um, all the taxing effects really has a real hard time against... Uh, or Aggro Loam has a real hard time against it. Because you actually want to use all your mana every turn. Mm. Either... Uh, bringing back punishing fires or tapping out for knights or you know you just always want to have something to do yeah and it was so weird too because you were doing like a loam deck and he beat your land countdown he had like double ports going wastelands hitting yeah, you off that's how he, that's how he, he won ke- game three he double wasteland to be in the same turn oh my god oh. he was keeping you on one mox diamond <laughs> like, yep. like that was fucking crazy mm-hmm. yeah it was it was definitely an attrition war and that's really the way death and taxes plays against the deck and you know, it, the de- aggro loam needs its mana base. You know, you need to be able to tap your your lands to do things. But um, it, it was against him that you were playing, right? When uh, you had a play come out where I think, what you must have been playing around spell pierce the whole game. Oh yeah, when I won the game at one life. <laughs> yeah, it's like you 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 were playing around spell pierce for like twenty minutes or something, and then toxic deluged. Like yeah. into a spell pierce that he just didn't have, and then activated Liliana to make him discard the one. Yeah, that have. that was a misplay I made. Uh, that was actually against Rug Delver earlier in the day. Oh, um, okay, all right. I was playing using my life total to my full advantage as a uh, resource, mm. uh, beating back, and I was I was uh, sacking a uh, a toxic deluge in my hand. Like mm. I had it since turn three, and we're probably on turn fifteen or sixteen now, and I still have that deluge. Hmm. And he finally he plays it out, and I misplayed. I had another card in hand besides the Deluge, and he had a card in hand, and the only thing that he could have that would be at all relevant and stop me 
uh, is a spell pierce, and he has two flip delvers on the field, and I'm at one, <laughs> and I'm I'm at uh, four. I, I'm at three. Three life. maybe. I'm yeah. at three yeah. life, and yeah. I just don't even think I don't activate Liliana, and I just cast Deluge for three. Where and if he had had the spell pierce, he would have just blown me out in one. But I got lucky. Uh, he didn't have the spell pierce, and no, he had. He only had a force of will in hand. Yeah, he only had a force of will in hand and <laughs> one blue untapped. So I named two. I went to one life, killed his delvers, and I was really nervous he was going to top deck a lightning bolt, but he he oh. was just so disgruntled that he he just scooped it up. Mm. So I I took my free win. <laughs> yeah, that, that was uh, that was pretty fucking cool. And again, that was another game I still didn't see what Aragoth did. <laughs> like, man, it's a fucking suspense. Uh, she wins games. That's the thing. She's just it's it's like Merit Lash. It's like she, or she just makes people scoop. Yeah, it's like Emrakul. I remember in the early days of Emrakul when people were first cheating her into play. Like people weren't even waiting. They're just like, "Yep, you got an Emrakul. Game over." <laughs> I know I don't have an answer for that. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what Titania does. She's pretty awesome, but. I ended up playing against Bug Delver as my third match of the day, and I don't. The deck just fell apart on me. Uh, he mulliganed down to five, kept a one lander. I immediately wastelanded it before he could do anything, and he didn't play another land for five turns, and then won the game because I proceeded to draw every land in my deck in a row. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I just feel like the deck is a... It's not a blue deck. If I don't have either A, a Dark Confidant, or B, a Sylvan Library in play, my draws are atrocious. I need uh, one of those cards in play in order for the deck to function. Okay. Now, did you get to see... Uh, I, I'm not even sure that I'm remembering his name right, but uh, I think Ben was playing it. He was playing like a version of what Celso was playing the week before with the Pyromancer's Ascension. No, I didn't get to see that. Oh my god, he was doing fucking Grixis and he was like at time with Miracles and he was like, you know, double dig through time because Pyromancer's Ascension's active and like, it yeah. was it was so crazy. I'm like, oh my god, that looks so fucking good. So it was awesome Celso shared up his list on the Facebook group too. Yeah, I may have to sleeve that up sometime because that deck looks hella fun. It does, it does. Uh, what, about, what about you, Pat? You get any magic in this weekend? Uh, I didn't get to play any magic. Um, I did get to do some trading with you, Jerry. Um, I did pick up another volcanic, mm. so that's that brings you up to three. So that's probably all I need right now. So now I'm kind of turning my eyes towards um, what do you underground seas. What's that? What do you have for fetches. I have um, a place out of every cons fetch, so all the allied fetches. Okay, so you got bloodstained mire and yep. you have uh, polluted delta. Yep, I have Deltas, I have the Bloodstained Myers, I have the Flooded Strands, which I've been using. Alright, so, so your next mana base uh, bullets are like Scalding Tarns and Underground Seas. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it, it, when I'm... I mean, with, like, the Underground Seas, like, I can fetch, um, you know, either a Volcanic or an Underground Sea with a, with a Flooded Strand or with a Polluted Delta. Mm-hmm. So, like, the red... Like, the, the, the blue-red um, fetches, I'm not too... I don't think I'm, I'm going to be hurt too bad by... By not having them. Um, yeah, right. I almost feel it's better to hold off. I honestly don't think fetches are going to be reprinted. The you know the Zendikar fetches are going to be reprinted in this next block. Yeah. Um, I don't think Wizards has any reason to. You know they don't need to pull the trigger on that cash cow yet just to sell sell cards. Well, the, but okay. it, it would be a huge blowout if you if you buy a set of fetches and then they do reprint it. Yeah. I mean I, they're already starting to settle from like from you know like initially when they said they weren't being printed in this set. 
like they went crazy, like they all like doubled in price. But oh yeah, they're now selling. They're, they're settling a little bit now. They're still high, but they're not as bad as. They're still always going to be at a premium, though. Cards never yeah. settle back to where they were before a spike. They always sure keep a little bit of a price memory. Yeah, and I, I just yeah, I still don't see them doing ten fetches in standard, but I'm not. Either way, I mean the only the only thing with not having scalding turns is your ability to play around a blood moon and not grab basics. Yeah. But. Yeah, you can easily get away with just four polluted delta and four bloodstain mire. Yeah, I mean yeah, so. that's what I do in modern storm because I don't have foil scalding tarns. <laughs> for good reason. Yeah, yeah for, for good reason. They're like three hundred dollars. <laughs> it's like hell now. So uh, yeah, so so yeah, I'm, I'm looking gonna be looking for some uh, from for some UCs. Um, I have been looking at the Grixis lists, and basically the only thing I don't have are the underground seas. So that's really all I need. Mm-hmm. To right. finish out that list, and maybe like a fluster storm. A dark confidant. Uh, the Grixis list I was looking at didn't have that actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, it was oh, more like it was more cabal therapies just for cabal therapies and thoughts. Co- yeah, cabal therapy, a young pyromancer, Gurmag angler. Um... Oh, the Gurmag angler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Del- it's, a, it's like a Delver list, so it has Delver secrets and whatnot. Um, but then I was thinking next week, um, since Jerry, you know, Jerry's not gonna be around, maybe I'll be able to play again, because I don't think I've played in, like, a <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> He's been dodging me. <laughs> so, I think I might sleep a burn next week. Um, I actually had sent out, I had sold my goblin guides on eBay, yep. and um, they got lost. Like, I had tracking on them, and they made it down to, like, Memphis, Tennessee, and then just got lost. Okay. And, uh, so, like, randomly, the guy who I sent them to emailed me through eBay um, a couple days ago, and was like, hey, like, the goblin guides finally showed up. This is, like, three weeks later. He's like the goblin guy showed up. I already bought my playset. Do you want me to just send him back to you? So he was nice enough to send him back to me, which I thought was great. Yeah, like it was like you know like no, thirty dollars worth of cards, whatever. Yeah, give that dude a shout out for being an honest Joe. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so yeah, so I got him back. So I'm, I might throw together burn because I have all the cards. I just haven't played in a bit. So I might try that with a little bit of days and doing. We'll see. I, oh yeah, I, I was telling you, Mike, the the one who donated the Tupperware bin full of cards. Mm-hmm. He's uh he's been a burn player for the last ten years. It's oh, really? Like his go-to deck, I, I would say you know, nineteen times out of twenty, he's playing burn at a tournament. Yeah. Um, but he put put together burn with days and doing and played me against it, and I could not buy a game against him. Fucking no sweet. Playing, yeah. Like, <laughs> Just nope, no served me every single time. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Because <laughs> yeah, his, awesome. his build. I wonder, can, can he get away with playing Simeon Spirit Guide with that too? I Just was extra man at a burn face. I was turn wanting Chalice of the Voids on one, and he's like, "Yep, okay." Just wins through it. Um, <laughs> you know, most burn players, you get a Chalice on one, and they get disgruntled and they'll scoop. But no, he's suspending Rift Bolt because Rift Bolt's converted yep. mana cost is three. Yep. Fire blasting. <laughs> he runs main deck sulfuric vortex, so he was dropping sulfuric vortexes. I considered yep. at one point putting Chalice of the Void on three, knowing full well that it shuts off my Knight of the Reliquary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I can give up Knight. <laughs> but yeah, the, but yeah, his his list is interesting. He also runs uh, two Sensei Divining Tops in the main deck. I've seen some burn lists that do that. I don't know how I feel about. It. I mean, he obviously has a lot more experience than I do with burn, so it's not it's not something I'm dismissing. But I've, I I feel like burn players fall on either side of that, right? The same way they do with like fetch lands. 
Yeah, on either I mean, side. Right. Oh, Houston, yeah. Houston had opinion on it too, because Houston's a big burn player. But yeah, it's it's. Are you playing burn as a control deck, or are you playing burn as a seven card combo deck? I, I when I was playing, I was playing as a strict seven card combo deck. Right, and if you're playing burn more as a control player, would play burn. You're playing the Sensei's Divining Top version. Um, but he's actually running both two Sensei's Divining Tops for Days Undoing. And uh, you're right, Pat. You mentioned your instinct was to cut Flame Rift. Yeah. And that's what he cut, and he actually put it in a very good light. One of the best additions Burn has gotten, and one of the best cards in the deck now, is Eidolon of the Great yeah. Bible. And yeah. with Flame Rift, Eidolon is, Flame Rift is bad with Eidolon, because it turns into you take six, they take four. Yep, exactly. Um, so he's just like, Flame Rift isn't isn't good enough anymore because you always want to have an Eidolon in play. So he replaced the Flame Rifts with the Days Undoings. Is, is Flame Rift the sacrifice two mountains? No, that's Fire Blast. Uh, Flame Rift is the one colorless, one red, each player t- uh, loses... Uh, oh, I think okay. it's worded as loses for life or something like that. Okay. Because it gets around damage. Circle, yeah, it gets Flame around Rift? circle red. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, hmm. There was actually I was watching um, some classic SCG stuff the other day, and I was watching a matchup in the quarterfinals of um, Patrick Sullivan versus uh, Ross Merriam, and uh, Patrick Sullivan's on on burn obviously, and he plays. He's got like two land up. Um, this is this is game three, and he's at like he's at one. He's at well he's at five. Ross is at thirteen, and uh, uh, he end of turns flame rift. And he's so leaving up two mana, so they, he goes to one. Ross goes to nine, and then on Ross's turn, he has he has one land untapped, which is wasteland. So he goes to he taps his wasteland for mana and goes to use the um, the Kosali Pride Mage ability to sacrifice him and destroy a permanent because he wanted to destroy the Sulfur uh, Vortex. So he goes to do that. He taps out, and then uh, uh, he Pat Sullivan just goes um, uh, Price of Progress, and then sacrifice the two mountains for uh, for Fire Blast. And just kills him on that turn. It was it was so sweet. It was like it was a great game. It was like that game was like the epitome of I think like how a good burn player plays. Oh yeah, it's so out. mental. It's you you have to be very aware of of your outs in that in those cases. Yeah, yeah. it was like I have never seen a match so tight before. It was it was awesome. And like Ross Merriam has just got like immediately afterwards like you can see like Sullivan's hands are shaking and like Ross Merriam's got like his hands literally on his head trying to figure out what the hell just happened. It was pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But uh, yeah, I, I recommend it, Pat. It looks like it's a super fun list, and yeah. I could, and I could not buy a game against it. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I like the way Mike test- tested against me as well. Is so after each game that he cast Days Undoing, he just looked at me and goes. How did you feel when I cast Days of Doing? Because <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, generally I felt pretty good, but I would draw cards and then I would die before I would get to use them. Right. Like, I think if you're running Days of Doing, you want to be able to win the turn after you cast Days of Doing. Yeah, exactly. Because if they draw a card, if they're playing a creature, it's not going to have haste. Uh, if they're trying to combo off then you're probably screwed you shouldn't be playing days undoing anyways <laughs> um so oftentimes he would cast days undoing i would drop like a knight of the reliquary or i would green sun for something then i would pass the turn back and then he would kill me and that that was the problem i had with delver was like i was picking up like sorcery speed stuff like you know creatures and whatnot that i just could not play um and i just felt like i was just behind at that point right you know i mean um, i mean it didn't help that i was playing like 
Delver decks the whole day, so they were kind of like on the same game plan I was. Right, um, exactly. Like, 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 I, like I, I feel like Miracles would be fine against Miracles because to like totally blank their hand, like their well-sculpted hand, make them shuffle, like they, they lose it. Whatever they have on top of their deck they've done the last few turns, they're going to lose that, you know, whatever they've been able to get going with top. Um, yep. So, but yeah, I mean, I think in the burn list it looks really cool. And like, you know, just drawing into like a Fire Blast... And like a price of progress would just be would be would be awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So. Definitely something to try out. Um, did you see, did you see the news on leagues? No, I didn't. Oh, there's a um, an article. Lee the Sharp. They expect Lee to come back to Magic Online before the end of the year. Yeah, they also said that last year. <laughs> no, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we can dream. I, yeah, I know. I I thought it looked pretty neat. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to help the economy at all. Well, I mean, we have China to worry about, and, you know, Greece is still not on its... Oh, oh, the magic online economy. I see what you're saying there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to draw you guys' attention. Did you get to see the top eight of the last SCG? Because there's a hilarious deck that I love is in the top eight. Uh, what's the link? (laughs) Here it is. Uh, It is Ryan Ginelli. I apologize if you listened, Ryan, and I just horribly butchered your name. <laughs> but Ryan Ginelli was playing the old school favorite of Slivers. Oh, <laughs> which I, I, which honestly, like I've seen some sliver lists, and this sliver list almost looks like it's he had a box of slivers, so he threw it together because he has so many spicy one ofs that are awesome. Most deck, most sliver decks don't go for them because they think they're too out there but honestly if you're playing slivers play those play those spicy one ofs um so <laughs> like like thalia <laughs> i mean thalia well the only protection against combo or spells in general is three thorn of amethyst and three thalia yeah but he's running siphon sliver sliver creatures you control have lifelink Bone Scythe Sliver, Slivers you control have Double Strike as one of, Sentinel Sliver, your Slivers have Vigilance, and then out of the sideboard, out of the sideboard, Gem Hide Sliver, Slivers uh, are basically Birds of Paradise, uh, Honing Homing Sliver, each Sliver has Sliver Cycling for three, uh, Hunter <laughs> Sliver, Slivers have Provoke. Necrotic Sliver, which I didn't know existed and I think is awesome. I kind of want to play this deck now. As all Slivers have pay three, this t- creature turns into a Vindicate. Just oh, destroy awesome. target permanent. Holy <laughs> shit, so I guess if you leave... Wow. Yeah, then, that's really fucking interesting. Yeah. And then obviously he has, you know, the standbys for Muscle Sliver, for Sinew Sliver, uh, for uh, Predatory Sliver. So, all the old standbys, <laughs> too. <laughs> Telekinetic sliver? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all slivers have tap to tap target permanent. <laughs> that's really that's fucking pretty cool. Yeah, because if you actually have like a a sliver that's just on the board, and somebody show and tells an Emrakul, and you put that, and you just tap Emrakul. <laughs> yeah, it works really well with Sentinel Sliver too, because you can attack with all your guys, and because they have vigilance, you can tap them and then and tap down all their blockers. Yeah. yeah or, or yeah, that's pretty fucking cute. Tap them before their attack. So, well, well, no. If you if you have like uh, if you have Sentinel Sliver in play, they it's going to give you guys vigilance. Yeah. So you can attack with them, and then before blocks, you can yeah tap down their whole team. Sure. Or you can wait till their upkeep, tap down their team on your turn, attack in on their upkeep, oh, yeah. tap yep. down their team again. Yep. Either way, it's a hell of an advantage. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty cool, man. I like it. it's pretty cool. 
That's kind of funny because that could actually shut an elf deck off a of mana. Oh yeah. Just during their upkeep, tap their team. Yep, exactly. <laughs> this list yeah, is cool. Actually, Gemstone yeah. Mine, Cavernous Souls. I'm trying like to be I'm trying to see if any of the other deck building websites have posted it yet because I actually want to find out how much this deck costs. Can't be that much, right? I, I think it's dirt cheap to build. It's just I honestly don't know how expensive all the individual slivers are because I feel a couple of these slivers are like four bucks a piece, and sometimes yeah. that adds up. But I mean, other than that, this like I think the most expensive card in the deck is either a Aether Vial or a Muta Vault. Right, yeah, or ca- Cavernous Souls, maybe. Oh, uh, right? yeah, the Cavernous Souls. That's probably the most expensive, is the Cavernous Souls. I think the slivers that make Birds of Paradise tend to be pretty expensive, too, because I know an M14 draft, I think it was M14 when all the slivers were out. Yeah. There was, um, one of them was, like, uncommon, but it was already $3 just being opened. Yeah, yeah they're about 2 bucks a piece. Not Gemhide. What the hell one was it? Well, anyway, the other one that did the same thing as Gemhide. Yeah. The gem hides are like two bucks a piece. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, it actually looks like most of them were either in M14 or the sliver, the sliver. Uh, no, sliver, the dual deck slivers. Yeah. Well, I think that I think it defaults to like, like, like any printing of them. But like, I know, I know, like Muscle Sliver was in Tempest, so that's had at least another printing. Right. Um, there's a few of them that have been in other, other deck, other sets too. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, or you could get uh, prom- promo muscle slivers for eight bucks. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then just, <laughs> just to pimp out a slivers deck. How hilarious that would be! <laughs> I've seen it online when people run like in popper games. They'll have a an all foiled out popper um, sliver deck. <laughs> it's pretty awesome, actually. And then just for the hell of it, Pat, just for reference, um, do, do you know the other name of this deck? The sliver deck. Yeah. Uh, no, I have yep. no idea. <laughs> what the old people call it. Yeah, good, Jerry. Meat hooks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you ever hear the reference to meat hooks... Oh, that's so much slivers. better than slivers. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much better. I feel the one that like best like emphasizes it is either crystalline sliver, because that has a hook, uh, or also uh, hunter sliver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Meat hooks. Because they just well, look like... like Freaking hooks. <laughs> well, back in because te- slivers came first came into Tempest, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like that was part of the part of the storyline there. Like Volrath had created like artificial right. slivers, which I think were the that's where you uh, got metallic sliver. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because that was like the artificial sliver, or whatever. And um, but that that's where all those those guys came from. They were all like those little. Meat hook, I guess. Meat hook is such meat a hook. good name. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's yeah, great. that's what the name of the deck is. <laughs> Uh, it's also, I feel, the one people always go back to when people argue about deck names and about whether you should be boring, specific deck names like Rug Delver or Sultai Delver or, or yeah. all that, or if you want the creative names. Because, you know, if it's you talk to a, yeah, like, yeah, like <laughs> if you talk to a new player and you tell them, oh, yeah, I was playing against Meat Hooks, the new player is going to have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so they don't want new players to feel left out. But I feel you're ruining this whole other aspect of the game, which is it's its own, like, sub-mini culture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's probably done, like, from a coverage perspective, too, just trying to keep things sort of streamlined. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. As far as, like, being able to tell what decks are. But, like, 
I know um, when I played in I played in this SCG top eight um, last fall when I made top eight, and um, I was running a list that was basically like I just copied it from Mike Mike Flores, and so I called it Red White Flores. And then when like <laughs> I went to go check the deck list online afterwards, they renamed it to like Red White Aggro, and I'm like, oh, that's not really like what I wanted it to be called, but whatever. Yeah. So I, they definitely like they don't give that. Um, deck naming ability to the people who are playing the decks. They just kind of do whatever they want to I do. just get annoyed when they get it wrong. When they lump, like, Tinfins in with Reanimator. Yeah. And then finally they started calling it Instant Reanimator. And it's just like, well, I feel that uh, adds even more confusion because these are totally different decks. Yeah. Right, right. Instant Reanimator isn't based on being a Reanimator deck. It's a Storm deck. Yeah. Yeah. It just happens to bring a creature back. Yeah. Yep, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh... What? What about the um, the new uh, keywords from Battle for Zendikar? Did you guys see those? I wasn't sure if they piqued your interest at all. I don't yeah. know. If they um, it's interesting. Like, um, it's it's going to be devoid. What is it? Devoid, ingest, and awaken. Those are the three keywords. Um, devoid is just this card has no color. So like, mm-hmm. uh, Dominator Drone is two in a black for a 3-2, and it's devoid, which means this, this card has no color, so even though you're paying colored mana for it, it's still a colorless creature. I feel the last couple keywords, R&D has been lazy, and they've just given keywords to things that have already existed in Magic. Mm-hmm. Like, what was the Origins keyword, the the blocking one? Uh, like, this can't be blocked by... Oh, than... um, uh, Intimidate, not Intimidate, it was, uh... What was um, it? Malice? No, what... Menace? Menace. Menace. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, we've had, like, Mod Raiders back in the day. Like, we've had that for a long time. This creature can't be blocked except by, uh, you know, can't be blocked except by one or more. And I just feel they're running, they're not running out of ideas, but just kind of getting lazy with their keywords. We're like, well, this is something we've been doing. Let's just give it a name. Mm-hmm. And I feel Devoid is the same way. This card has no color. We've seen that before in other cards, you know, colored cards that didn't have colors. Yeah. Uh, and then also ingest. Like that's something that I feel that that does. <laughs> like yeah. Like cards just have that. So ingest is like uh, whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, that player exiles the top part of his or her library. Which I, I think it would be cool if there was a creature that was like ingest five or ingest six. You yeah. Know I mean? Keep in mind the one that was spoiled is only a common. So I right. doubt they. So I can definitely see ingest being something you know better. I just feel other cards have done that before. Just usually, uh, it's uh, you know you also get to do things with those cards, like cast them. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've actually seen though is people rumor. Uh, there's rumors that um, there may be a theme of playing cards from exile, mm. uh, which would play well with delve in the previous mechanic. And Wizards was saying about how they wanted blocks to start interacting more. Yep. Um, so delve you exile cards. So having cards that can be cast from exile, or it can cast other cards from exile, and also ingest would play into that as well. Um, if that's, a lot of cards have ingest, that's interesting. But doesn't it seem like like that you'd be doing two um, like um, like two things that kind of counteract each other? If you're if you make like an ingest deck where you're trying to essentially mill your opponent, like exile their la- their their cards. But they're also playing like something that is able to play them from exile. It seems like a, 
kind of working against that, right? Well, just look at this card from a limited perspective. This card's actually very good in limited, so ingest may not be a good thing. Ingest may be a downside of a card that we just haven't realized yet. Yeah. Um, because three mana for a 3-2 that when it comes into play, each other opponent loses two life, that's pretty good for a common. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It definitely passes the uh, vanilla test. Yeah, passes sure. the vanilla test, plus has a relevant ability, has yep. immediate impact when you cast it. Um, Devoid, I feel, is probably a benefit. Um, you know, if you even just, if you play multiple of these guys, Devoid is a benefit. Yep. So, I mean, Ingest can be, can probably be a good thing, but I can also see Ingest also being a bad thing, because you're also never going to mill someone out with this card. You're going to kill That's them with true. damage way before you mill them out. Yeah, yeah. So I don't see why you would use this as an aggressive beater and also as a mill condition. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean, I don't think Awaken seems that, like anything that we'd want to talk about, but do you guys want to touch on that at all? Touch on what? Awaken. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so like um, one of the ones they have spoiled is uh, Sheer Drop, which is two and a white for a sorcery. Oh, I, this is the first I've actually seen this. Okay, yeah, so Shear Drop is 2 and a white for a sorcery, um, destroy target tapped creature, and it also says Awaken 3. Um, so if you cast it for 5 and a white, um, you can also put, uh, you know, besides destroying target tapped tap creature, you also put 3 plus 1 plus 1 counters on target land you control, and it becomes a 0-0 zero, zero elemental creature with haste. It's still a land. I really like that, actually. That's pretty cool, because it's... it's mo- from a perspective of limited, it's great because it's kind of like a modal card. Yep. It scale it scales well, like toward you know what I mean. Like sheer drop is not awesome, like late game if it doesn't have the awaken cost. Mm-hmm. But if you can awaken something and it create an extra attacker that your opponent, so like you know if you're attacking back and forth, you're able to destroy their target tap creature, and you're also able to put in a three three haste haste guy. That's a land that you probably don't even need mm-hmm. um, at that point of the game. It's just kind of a cool yeah. little side of the card. Yeah, I think that's awesome because you're paying six. That's just from a limited perspective. I love cards like this, and it's why mm-hmm. Zendikar, the first Zendikar, was one of the best, most fun de- sets to draft. Is because you never felt screwed late game. There right. was always something to do with your mana late game that was relevant, and it's cards like this that made it happen. Yeah. Um, that when you're flooded out and you're just top decking and it's a stalemate and neither you or your opponent can do anything, this is a relevant card that, while isn't great, is much better than it would be if it was just two colors and a white destroy target tapped creature. Because that itself has been a card before in Limited that people play. Right. Um, I think the Awakens good, especially if they put some cards that are aggressively costed. You know, I'm interested to see the green ones because I could even see something like that going very well in a lone deck mm-hmm. um, uh, where you can, uh, you know, bring lands back and turn them into creatures and then if they die, bring them back again. So, uh, uh, Primal Command, is that already, does that already exist? Uh, yeah, that's already a thing. Okay, that's getting reprinted, it looks like. Yep. Um, retreat to Kazandu. Is two and a green for an enchantment with landfall. So whenever you play a land, you can either put a plus one plus one counter on a creature or gain two life. Eh, that sucks. Yeah, uh, that's, that's that looks new. And yeah. it might be old though. Yeah, that's oh. actually that's relevant because it's yeah. an enchantment that you just put in play and it sits there, and then it just it's pure value value every time. It's just. Yeah. You probably what need to make three land drops before uh, it's actually useful. 
Um, I mean, I don't know if I want to play pay three mana to gain six life. I mean, I guess growing creatures is fine. But right. if you want to make creatures just gaining two life, it's just kind of like Yeah, that. I feel it needs to stick around for at least three to four land drops before you've just bought back its price, and then yeah. anything after that is gravy. Yeah, I mean, that's, you're talking... You're, even limited, that's quite a bit of land, though. I mean, yeah, you know, that is. That's like seven. That's like seven land. I mean, it's not impossible. Like this, especially if the set is going to be anything like the first, where it's trying to be a little bit rampy. Yeah, else. yeah. It's probably not that great in limited. You're right because if you draw this on turn six, it's it's a dead draw. Yeah, it sucks. That's why I love cards at scale. You know, that's, those are my favorite cards. Mm-hmm. They just get better with you know as the game goes on. Kind of like X spells, you know. I've always liked X spells. Yeah, they're they're fun. <laughs> oh boy! Did you see the? Um, there was a legacy uh, Grim uh, <laughs> Grun Pricks trial <laughs> at at the uh, Mox Boarding House in Seattle. So like right outside where the uh, the tournament's going to be in in uh, November. Um, did you guys happen to check that out? No, I didn't get the chance to see that. Oh. It was cool. It was like a um, pretty diverse meta. I'll send you guys a link. Um, it looks like uh, it's taken on by Jeskai Stoneblade, which seems to be uh, a pretty neat deck. I've played against it once or twice. But there was, uh, I don't think there was any miracles in the top eight, actually. It was eight was Mono Red Painter, seventh was Merfolk, sixth was Rug Delver, fifth was actually, which I want to ask you guys about, was Death's Delver, which I wasn't really sure what that was. I've never heard of that deck before. Death's Delver? Death's like, Delver, yeah. D, de- like D E A T H. I, I don't know where. Was uh, it like Dark Depths plus? That's what I'm no, Death's, right? Death's Shadow is in is is in the is in the. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, so it's probably like, is it is it bug oh, like Death's black Delver. green? Yeah, Death's Delver. It's not is Depths. It? It's uh four Deathrite Shaman, four Delver's Secrets, four Death's Shadow, two Tomb Stalker. So it's pretty much what Celso was playing, just with... Uh... Mm-hmm. And then, okay. yeah, it's running Shocklands, not as a budget, but because it is trying to get its life total low. Oh, okay. And then Thoughtseize uh, to lower your life as well, plus Fetchlands. Thoughtseize Probe, yeah. So one thing I want to draw everyone's attention to that's making me nervous, because it also won that SCG we were just talking about, is Dredge was the second most represented deck after Miracles. Yeah, I saw that. And the fact that it also won the SCG uh, that was a couple days ago, that kind of tells me that, you know, maybe it's Dredge's time, because Dredge is always the best deck when no one expects it. Um, so hopefully people are going to be backing their hate for Philly, but it's still recent enough, and uh, Legacy is meta moves slow enough that we may see some Dredges in the top eight of, uh, SC- of the uh, Eternal Weekend. Yeah, I mean, it definitely came in fourth this GPT. Right. Um, what is so? What is your um, if you want to play against Dredge? What are you guys packing to play against Dredge? Is it are you going to keep it in your sideboard? Like I know, like Tormod's Crypt, Rest okay. in Peace. Rest in Peace is probably one of the best things you can pack against it because they have to have abrupt decay or they give up. Um, Leyline of the Void is good, but it's risky that if you don't get it in your opening hand. Um, surgical extraction gets the job done, but you have to be very choosy with it. You can't just be firing it off whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm running Bajuka Bog main, so I'm gonna lean heavily on that. But it's, it's just graveyard hate is one of those things that it's so diverse, and there's so many different ways to attack the graveyard 
that people also tend to skimp on it because they think they'll be fine. And that's when Dredge wins tournaments, when people think that they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, rest in peace if you were playing white, uh, but that also shuts off your own graveyard, and a lot of decks with between dig through time um, are really relying on their graveyard these days. Yeah. Um, Deathrite Shamans yeah. can also be good, too, if you get it out early. Yeah. The, the Grixis list, actually one that I was really liking, the, is one that placed here in third, was running four Delver, four Deathrite, three Young Pyromancer, a True Name, and two Gurmag Anglers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then was running two Gabal Therapies in the main, and then two in the board. The problem is, is it does it run a Tropical? Because if you don't have access to green, yep. your uh, Dark Confidants, uh, not your Dark Confidants, your uh, Deathrite Shamans aren't going to do anything against Dredge. Yeah, for, so lands, it's running 18, it's running um, a Trop, Four Wasteland, two Underground Seas, three Volcanics, four Polluted Deltas, and four Flooded Strands. Yeah, see, I would also like to see a Bayou in there if I really wanted to get full use out of the, uh, the Deathrite Shaman. Really? Yeah, just having having access to a second green source, because if you have two... The way you really beat Dredge is you have two Deathrite Shamans out. Like, Dredge can win through a single Deathrite Shaman. If they can get a uh, Golgari troll and a Stinkweed Imp in their graveyard, then they're mm-hmm. going off, because you can only get rid of one. And it's not too hard for them to get two major Dredgers in their graveyard. You really need two active death rights uh, mm. to really lock it up against Dredge. So maybe, like, would you cut, would you cut, like, a, would you just add one land to that list, at, go to 19 land, or would you want to cut one that's already there? Like, maybe cut a Volcanic? Um... Possibly. Well, the thing is, is you're you're you don't want to cut a volcanic because you're cutting a blue and a red source for a black and a green source. Oh, okay. Um, so I hadn't really thought of that. Yeah, I mean, is that list running a badlands? If they're running a badlands, no. I'd probably have cut that. Nope. Um, yeah, it's tough. You'd really, I, I don't. You, you need to sit down with the deck and really find out where you can skimp uh, mm. to get access to to the green. Hmm. It's funny, it seems like, I mean, obviously, going to three colors definitely stretches your mana base a bit. That must be interest. like, right now when I'm playing, like, with Delver, Blu-ray Delver, it's very easy for me to fetch my lands because I'm just fetching one, you know, one Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, one yeah. Land. Three <laughs> lands, it's, it's you'll, like pretty, you'll screw yourself sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I have, like, a couple, like, basics in the in the, in the the main, like, a couple of each, you know, a couple mountain, a couple, uh, couple islands. Just in case I'm playing against someone who's like might be running Blood Moon or whatever, or is like trying to waste all my lands, um, like you're like playing against Curtis, someone who can just recur a wasteland every single turn. Um, dual lands does not do well against that against that deck. Yeah, um, I was reading an article the other day. Uh, Karsten Cotter, he's one of the the legacy writers. Yeah. Um, he wrote a article about little decisions in legacy that add up to big results. And the situation he was presented is you're playing Rug Delver and you have a Nimble Mongoose in play and a Brainstorm and a Stifle. And you play a Fetch and you have another Fetch in hand. And you want to leave Stifle up. So then they Fetch. You go to Fetch for to cast Stifle. Uh, and keep in mind your hand is Nimble Mongoose, Brainstorm, Fetch Land. What land do you get with that Fetch? Do you get a Volcanic or do you get a Tropical? And what do you what you don't have anything on the board right now? So right now on the board you have nothing on the board. You you're cracking a fetch. You have a brainstorm, a nimble mongoose, and another fetch. 
do you get a tropical island or do you get a volcanic? Well, don't you get the tropical island so you can stifle and then on the next turn play your Nimawagus out? So that's what most people would jump to, but that's actually an incorrect play because okay. then you it, what your ideal play is to play out the second fetch land, brainstorm with the lands that you fetched with uh, first of all, draw three cards, see what you got, put two back, and then fetch the second land for a tropical to cast the Nimble Mongoose. Whereas oh. if you grab the tropical first, you play the Nimble Mongoose, you have a uh, fetch land and a brainstorm in hand, which isn't the worst thing in the world, mm-hmm. but if you need to brainstorm and you crack that land, if you don't hit another fetch land, you're locked in. Oh. You don't have a way to, you don't have a way to shuffle off and get that perfect brainstorm. So that's why it's almost, uh, you know, even though you don't have a red card in hand right now, it doesn't mean you shouldn't be fetching the red land. That's interesting. I was actually, I spent most of my day today um, going over uh, brainstorm, like, options in my head. Stuff that, I, some that, stuff that I've come across, um, situational things, so that they're, they're a little bit more second nature. Um, it's really interesting. Yeah. I'll have to read that article. Yeah, uh, let me see if I can find it here. It was actually it was uh, the devil is in the details by Karsten okay. Cotter. Oh, I'll look that up. Yeah, it was a really good article. I I really like Karsten's work. He 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 takes some uh, thoughtful approaches to the game, which I really like. Um, so I'm not at my computer, and well, I'm not at my workstation. I'm at a different computer. So oh. I don't have all the processing power, but I'm sitting here trying to put a picture on the Facebook group because I just finally made, I was able to make the donations. Oh, nice. So that, yeah, so put out another hundred to each, which is fucking awesome. And uh, That's crazy. That's that's so great. That's fucking awesome, yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to do that from a computer that's not, and while holding a Skype call and you guys are talking <laughs> about spoilers and I don't have the fucking link... <laughs> But that really doesn't seem to matter because I got other shit I should be doing, like putting fucking donations forward. So, so aside from that, so, somehow I left off on the conversation of slivers, um, and we were talking about the last thing I did remember was goblin guides were in the mail, oh, and yeah. um, and I just actually fucking mailed something the furthest I've ever mailed it in the world, and that's fucking awesome. So nice. I because I got I got uh, the mats from you guys this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I managed to mail out the both mats to New Zealand. So uh, they, they're going to be checking. They, hopefully, they're going to hit Conrad's PO box eventually. And um, I am at the the thing is is like you know I've never mailed anything to New Zealand, and I'm asking the woman at the post office. I'm like, all right, this is the address that I got. Is this formatted right? Because it looks like the addresses in New Zealand would be the equivalent of you know, the P.O. box in the U.S., and then the zip code being after the city, and then the state, and then the country. And I'm like, huh, that's... I don't know if I even have this formatted right. Are they going to figure out where it's going? I hope so. But <laughs> it should be fine. She's like, yeah, every country kind of has it a little bit different. I'm like, okay, whatever. Fill out my custom slip. Yep, it's all cool. So that was pretty fucking... Nice. That was awesome. Yeah, that was fucking awesome. Just... uh I was I was kind of curious. I'm like, huh, I wonder... Like, I can't think of from... You know, if you look at a globe, I can't think of anything further from Massachusetts than New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So, nice. I don't know. Yeah, nice. Yep, pretty sick. Awesome. Awesome, yep. <laughs> what else? 
Uh, did you guys? Did you guys want to go over another? Oh, you know what? Oh man, then I got fucking because the, the show notes I put together last week too was very. Uh, I actually put a link to the Leaving a Legacy group, so I noticed a couple more people joined up. Yeah, I yep. saw that. Uh, yeah, too. It's amazing and, just mentioning it and putting it in the show notes actually can make a difference. Yeah, it's, it's like I've been saying it all along. Just put it in the show notes, boys. <laughs> well, the thing is, Jerry, we've been waiting for you to put it into the show notes, but it never happens. Uh, so you never follow through, Jerry. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm casting from a coconut. Slacker. I'm, I'm on an island. Bitch, Jerry, you know? <laughs> <laughs> fucking slacker. Listen, uh, I'm not even convinced that you're there. I could just be hallucinating and just putting, <laughs> like, holding a coconut to my ear and thinking I'm podcasting right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then, what the, the people kind of hit me up on Twitter about it too. Somebody wanted the PO box on Twitter. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, for uh, 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 Joshua, I think his name is. I think. Uh, I to him. And then, um, well, yeah, I just well, I tweeted it to him earlier too. Zach oh, Lincoln. Nice. I think it was nice. Zach Lincoln. Oh, maybe and, it's uh, someone else. Okay. And, Jared and I were talking to someone else on Twitter. I don't know if they had tagged you in it or not. Yes. So, yeah. And this guy plays fucking disc golf in Oregon. I'm like, shit, he's like right next to the fucking Legacy GP coming up. <laughs> uh, but it looks like um, I actually ended up meeting up with the attorney today in that house. Nice. So, yeah, that's... And it sounds like the interest rate's pretty fucking stellar. I don't know, man. See what happens. But it looks like I could probably get Merfolk back together really fucking soon. Oh, which is an excellent segment because we are thinking... Uh, for today's episode of What the Hell Should I Play, we would mm-hmm. feature little fishy, fishy, fishy action. Yeah, it does oh. a little fishy up in here. <laughs> I was That's you, Pat. If you That's to you. Elves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, elves? Okay, I mean, yeah. No, either way, we can talk merfolk. It doesn't matter to me. I, I feel merfolk, I almost feel we should have done merfolk first, because thinking about it, it, I really do feel it's the perfect entry point for Legacy. It's it's pretty fucking good. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good for me. Yeah, it's cheap to build. I mean, we're, keep in mind, we're talking relatively cheap here. You don't have to buy any dual lands. Um, the expensive cards you're looking at are Wasteland and Force of Will. Uh, and it's just a good deck that you can put together on the cheap and actually take down a tournament and no one will give you a sideways glance for running it. And you did say that it... it, it transfers well, like, parts of it transfer over into other decks, too, right? That's one of the big strengths of it. Right. The Wasteland and Force of Will Will. Meta Vault, not so much, and really everything else is just a Merfolk Lord. So, Mm -hmm. like, the rest of the deck doesn't transfer over well, but the stuff that doesn't transfer over well is not a heavy price tag. Sure. The the stuff that does transfer over well is the heavy price tag that actually is just versatile anyway. Like, for me, Merfolk, the neat thing about playing Merfolk is... Like, when I started playing Legacy, I started playing, what, a fucking Esper Stoneblade or some shit. And and I'm not, like, um, you know, I got respect for Stoneforge, just Stoneforge Mystic isn't my, it's, it's not really what I enjoy in, in Legacy. Like, Stoneforge and True Name, it's not that it's not good. Stone Stoneforge and True Name is good. It's just not, like, it's not I don't know. It's like a cup of tea. Yeah, uh, yeah, I just did not want to say cup of tea, but yeah, that's exactly it. Um... <laughs> Uh, so when I but when I started playing and this is something that you're I'm either noticing now or you will be soon is when I started playing I started playing Esper Stoneblade 
And when you start playing a format you don't know, playing a control deck, <laughs> you're really like fucking a fish out of water. Yeah, so because like, you don't know what to control. Well, well the, the, the trick with it, and and you, you'll probably notice this pet soon enough if you're not noticing it yet. The mm-hmm. trick with tr- trying to start with something like Esper Stoneblade is really Cabal Therapy. Because you, you cast the card and you have to name a card, but if you don't know the decks you're playing against or the card you're likely to see, you could mm-hmm. fucking name anything, and it, it's pretty irrelevant. Like, the chances you're going to hit it less likely if you don't know the deck you're playing against. So Cabal Therapy was a very... Um, it was a, it's a card that really rewards your knowledge of the format and the yep. knowledge of the decks that you play against. So to start for me to start with Esper Stoneblade, um, it was awkward. Like, I was... I don't know, playing, like, for at one point I was playing Eureka in an elf deck. I was just, I was doing crazy shit just because. What's the chat message? Oh, sorry, yeah, this is, um, just so we can all go off something that's similar, because I don't know Merfolk too well. Right. Um, Where, yeah. Where's the chat message? It's a day oh, one, it's a day oh, one. Just, undefeated okay. list, uh, GP, uh, Lil, um, this sure. year. Um, yeah. Bryce Burmo was playing a, uh, sure. uh list. Yeah, so... so, so so what I noticed about starting with Esper Stoneblade was that Cabal Therapy <laughs> was a real challenge, and uh, what Merfolk allowed me was access to Force of Will, which let me learn more about the format so I could play Cabal Therapy more effectively later on. So you went reverse. You went Esper Stoneblade into Merfolk. <laughs> well, it's the reason why Merfolk was such a good point, was yeah. how Esper Stoneblade and Cabal Therapy was such a bad starting off point. Right, exactly. The uh, beautiful thing about uh, Merfolk is it's easy for a new player to get into because it's so linear. Play dudes, protect the dudes, kill your opponent. <laughs> and at the same time, try to figure out what it is that you want to interact with out of your opponent's deck. Right. It's not. It's not exactly a non-interactive deck. You oh no! Yeah, targeting. between Force of Will's dazes and the Curse Catchers. Yeah, Curse Catchers. Though it actually looks like this list. Oh no, this list is running. So, just to read the list off for the listeners, so they can have a jump-off point. Um, Thirteen Islands. Another good point is the deck is Blood Moon and Wasteland Proof, which is nice. What's it missing? Uh, four Mutavolt, three Cavern okay. of Souls. Oh. Uh, it's not. It's not running the. Uh, wastelands. Yeah, it's not running the wastelands. No, I took out the wastelands for one island and a fucking three I, caverns. Yeah, which I actually he probably didn't have access to it because I or I, maybe it was a choice, but I feel the wasteland version, especially if you're running days, is the better mana base. But this one is definitely cheaper. You save about. Uh, you save about sixty dollars. Going this yeah, way, but you, but you suck at that tabernacle. Yeah, yeah, I like I like, <laughs> I like the wasteland version a lot better. But so yeah, thirteen island, four mutavolt, three cavern souls. But I think we'd prefer twelve islands and four uh, wastelands as an ideal mana base. Mm-hmm. Then you got four true name nemesis, four silver gill adept, uh, four phantasmal image, four master of the pearl trident, four lord of Atlantis, four curse catcher, and one Vendillion click instead of the fourth days, which I think is kind of spicy. Um, um, he's running four force of will, three days, uh, four aether vial, three chalice of the void main, which uh, you don't see all that often. And one Umazawa's Jit. So not a stock Merfolk list by any means. Definitely has some tweaks to it, but it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Did you play it? I'd play it. I like the Chalice, though. I feel sometimes the Chalice is going to screw you over because you're going to play the Chalice and then not be able to, you know, play the Aether Vials you draw late game. 
What else is he missing? Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure that out. He must he must have went to Phantasmal Image over Standstill. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, it's the Chalice of the Voids. Chalice of the Voids over Standstill. Yeah, Chalice of the Void over Standstill. Yeah, he's got curse catches. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's not, you guys have mentioned that like the European meta is, is a bit different than what we have here, right? True. So I, I wonder if, if any of these choices have to do with what they expect to play. It's um, in, yeah, it's much more anti combo related uh, yeah. orientated, I should say. The Vendillion click over the fourth days uh, to give you a, a beater plus a more specific uh, hate card against a combo deck because you can bottom a key piece rather than relying on a daze and hoping they don't play around it. And then the three Chalice of the Void main is definitely anti storm. That I feel is very meta dependent. Um. I also, well, it's also anti-Delver. Yeah, anti-Delver as well. But the deck doesn't lose against Delver. Like, this is a deck that's designed to win against Delver decks. Um, because you do what they do, but quicker. Um, I almost feel he may have also done Cavern of Souls instead of Wasteland to have more access to blue. Because between Fortune Name and a Vanillion Click and the uh, Lords... It's a lot of double blue heavy requirements. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, but I, I don't know. I do. I do it with four wastelands. Yeah, I, but he doesn't also have. Else. Yeah, he doesn't have the standstills too as the card draw. Um, Which so, makes the ether vials seem strange. Like ether vials, the strength is playing with standstill also. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, you still would always run an ether vial with Merfolk. That's one of the best cards in the deck. Sure, but like that's it's also why standstill is is beneficial with it. It's just, I don't know, this is this is a merfolk deck. This mm-hmm. isn't a merfolk deck that I'd put together. Yeah. There's there's different ways to build it. Which, I mean, is also just kind of a benefit for the deck as a whole. You know, even though it's a straightforward, linear deck, uh, there's still ways to put your twist on it and, you know, put it to your own individual preference, which I think is definitely important for a new player's deck. You don't want to just be, feel like you have to net deck a deck to do well with it. Yeah. So, at the same time, and I I guess I kind of feel like this stuff is probably worth mentioning to Pat uh, at this like because we were talking about it last week with Tess. Um, how can like what's a turn one play that would just red flag you that you're playing against Tess, Jerry? Like a turn uh, dark, any, any dark ritual, dark ritual, dark ritual, lion's eye diamond. <laughs> well, that <crack>. could be <laughs> Ant. yeah. Well, that could be Ant. I mean, I feel either way you're dead. <laughs> um, okay, maybe not. Like, not if he has Force of Will and he's looking for Burning Wish. Yeah, that's that's like, true. So my my question, like, my question was kind of serious though. Like, if I see a Badlands Rite of Flame, I know I'm playing Tess. Right. You know, if I see Island Ether Vial, I know I'm playing Merfolk. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, is there is there anything that you could actually? suspect besides like island fucking curse catcher well you're, yeah okay that's merfolk <laughs> like i mean is there anything that would flag uh, that that you think could flag that i can't think of another deck besides slivers that runs mutavault that's a good point so yeah mutavault into aether vial especially yeah mutavault yeah i mean yeah the aether vial is a huge tip off um which is also kind of the all of the decks the deck wants to make a turn one play and all of its turn one plays are pretty revealing. It's not like it wants to hold up a spell pierce or anything like that. You're trying to run things out as quickly as possible. So yeah. I feel you're gonna you're gonna telegraph you're playing Merfolk pretty much immediately. So the be- and and the kind of the benefit to that I guess is my thinking is if you see so Pat, if you see somebody play a Meta Vault Aether Vial, 
Mm-hmm. Feel free, feel feel free to cast a Cabal therapy and name Lord of Atlantis. Right. <laughs> okay. If you they blow, I mean? if they blow you out, they're playing some crazy homebrew, and that Cabal therapy <laughs> isn't going to do you any good, anyways. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's it's just like what what's a turn one play that would actually flag you off that that's the deck you're playing against, where you know that you can actually make a Cabal therapy live. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, so is is it worth like trying to force the Aether Vial? Is that like super critical to their game plan? Yes, yeah. So uh, the way I had it put to me that's really stuck for me is if you don't force the Aether Vial, you're not forcing anything else for the rest of the game. Once they land in a Aether Vial, the only thing they ever need to cast again is the Umazawa's Jit. Okay. Which, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> which is, yeah, that's you're probably going to enforce that, but that's still they, four Force of Wills to your, their one Umazawa's Jet. Because <laughs> yeah. they, they can still hard cast days after that. Yep. Yeah, like, <laughs> like if you don't Force a Will the Aether Vial, you're not countering anything else, so use it now. Yeah, that's a good hmm. point. Yeah, because you'll actually, and, and you can watch out for it, too, because they could Vial in a Curse Catcher to counterspell your spell. Yeah. Uh, well, it, yeah, that and it's also everything after that is viable. So they're just going to cast everything off vial. So unless you can immediately destroy that vial, yes, force will that vial. Okay. Especially um, if you see it off a meter vault. Yeah. If you, if you see it off a of planes. Yeah, even against death and taxes, the, the logic still holds. There's not too much else in death and taxes that they cast. Right. It's uh, it, yeah. It is the flash creature. The creatures coming yeah. in flash that usually have a profound effect. Yeah. Rule of thumb: if you can counter the vial, it is the right play. Um, as far as you know, what decks this deck wants to verse? This deck loves blue decks. You know, you're making an unblockable five fives as long as their <laughs> the opponent has an island in play. Yeah. So it loves beating up on the Delver decks. Um, bug you know, decks. Yeah, bug. Basically, any three color deck based around blue, this deck loves to play against. If you got yeah, like Rug Delver, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Rug you got to protect your creatures bug a bit, Delver. but I did, I did like trying the Monastery Siege in it. Yeah, that was but, actually a lot of fun. Yep. Um, decks without really a lot of access to sweepers, you know, uh, Esper. This deck I feel destroys Esper unless they get a time that the one of uh, Supreme Verdict. Yep. Um, you you got to play around Terminus a lot against Miracles. Yeah, Miracles can be a bit tough because they have so many sweepers, but that's really the only blue deck that gives you a hard time. Right, and you can keep countering their sweepers and just if you can, it, like they need their land drops. If you can actually build up board presence fast enough mm-hmm. and take them out, right? Uh, you could try to fight around their sweepers to get in there. Right, exactly. Um, what the deck hates to play against is non-blue decks. Like, if I sit down with my aggro loam deck and I verse Merfolk, I am giddy with joy. <laughs> I, fuck, yeah, I hate playing Merfolk <laughs> against elves. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think probably <laughs> Merfolk's absolute worst matchup is Punishing Jund. I, I think it's all close to a 0% win chance against Punishing Jund. Did I, uh, oh, I am looking forward to putting it back together, though. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I did it, it was like snow covered islands like just, <laughs> yeah you can like, pimp it uh, out I, I had to i had to build it that guy yeah. <laughs> is, is there some kind of play, is there some kind of play to having snow covered lands in your deck by the way no, no. <laughs> like 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 it matters if you're doing there's a deck called Quinn the Mighty Eskimo. Yeah, there's a deck based around it. <laughs> okay, yeah, worthy tangent. <laughs> Elaborate. Just going off the deep end a little bit, but I, I'm very interested to hear about this Eskimo. All right, so Quinn the Mighty Eskimo was a deck named after a Bob Dylan song. Okay. But the fun thing about the deck is it plays land tax, 
Mm-hmm. And it uses scrying sheets, which it, there's a modern deck called Scred, and I'm not even terribly sure what scrying sheets does. I think it's if you look at the top card and it's a snow-covered permanent, you can put it into your hand, something like that. So Quinn the Mighty Eskimo will play snow-covered planes, but like for me playing Merfolk, the only reason, and you know I know Jerry's mentioned this in the past, the only reason I'll play all of the same land in a deck like Merfolk is so that if you like thought sees me. My lands aren't diverse. If you happen to notice that I have the cup Zendikar land, and all of a sudden I play a different Zendikar land, then you know the cup one is still in my hand. Mm-hmm. But when I'm when I'm playing snow covered islands and they're all snow covered islands, that's not even a concern. I don't have to think about that during the game. Right. Yep. But why why are they all snow covered? Because I'm that fucking guy. <laughs> well, they're awesome. Like I, I uh, the first F and M when I came back to playing Magic, the first F and M I went to. I had made, made like a little brew, like a Minotaur brew, and mm-hmm. um, I was playing snow covered like swamps and snow covered mountains. And they're like, yep. "Oh, you can't use those." I'm like, "I had no idea." Really? Yeah, like you can't use them in standard. Um, no, you, which well, is like fine, whatever. But, oh, yeah, see, because standard doesn't have snow covered lands in in print. Right. Was, <laughs> yeah, which is thinking because they were basics, they were legal, but no. Yeah, that's what I that's what I thought too, but apparently just it needs to say like swamp or mountain. Yeah. You can't say snow covered mountain. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I wonder if a judge would ever give you that hard of a time about it. No, it wasn't a bit... They, they didn't give me, like, a game loss or anything. They were very yeah. nice. They were like, oh, just change those out when you have a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, going back to the deck, though, why would you... Looking at this deck, uh, Pat, you go first. As the new player, looking at the list, why would you want to play this list? Okay, so I've played Merfolk a few times, and one of the reasons why I'd like to... And why I would enjoy playing the deck... Um, is because I've gotten beat down with a true name and a jit. It feels, <laughs> I think it would be fun to do. But in all it seriousness... Um, <laughs> in all no, seriousness that's, serious. that's, that's serious enough, man. That's good. Yeah, no, I mean... <laughs> um, I, do, I do like creature decks. Um, that's why I kind of play one now, and that's what I want to move more into like with Grixis. Um, I, I enjoy creature decks. I, I like the ability to have Force of Will and Days, um, which I, I like about this deck as well. Um, and I just think having true, I, I really think having true name is just a cool creature to play. Um, that would draw me into this into this deck as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it seems to have game against a lot of stuff out there, and it's one of those decks that's like cheap to build. This is saying like you could buy it at TCG player for like like eight hundred bucks. Yep, entire like this list eight hundred and twenty dollars. Yep, eight twenty. So that's not bad. Like it's for like your first legacy deck. That's that's pretty good. You could probably get a lot of that stuff cheap if you're going like you know. Honestly, that's the yeah, that's the price of two standard decks. If you're the type yeah. of person that'll put together two standard decks in a season, you can put together this legacy deck and keep it forever. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And have yeah. a lot of other pieces to other decks. Like, yeah, a lot of these pieces, like you know, for the, sure, uh, and wastelands. The wasteland yeah. only adds like forty dollars to it, so you can you can have if you want to switch out the cavern of souls with actual with wastelands and have it even more interchangeable. You know, eight sixty you're looking at. Yep. Yeah, I can't think of... Um, okay, what? Death and Taxes might play Cavern of Souls? Yeah, um, Mud. Maybe? Mud runs Cavern of Souls. Okay, yep. Yes, they do. And they run Chalice. And uh, I think 12 posts may run a one of Cavern of Souls. It's yeah, not, it's, it's it's not a random card. Of. Yeah, it's not no. unheard of. But Oh, also, the true names. True names are totally portable. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the Jets, too. Yeah, the JIT, the true name, those, those the are definitely portable. The chalices, sure. a little bit, yeah. I mean, Dazes. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, hey, they're like four bucks a piece. Yeah. 
Hey, for dollar twenty nine, I want to play them in other decks. I just, I just so for me, I still think like now really still seems like a decent time to pick up Meta Vaults. So I would yeah. be uh, like, yeah, I, w- wow. I, I wouldn't play I wouldn't play Merfolk with a click. Meta Vault is selling for sub ten dollar uh, mid at uh, TCG Player. Yeah, that's pretty so good. I am now. You can buy a playset of Meta Vaults for forty bucks. That is a damn good deal. Right. I remember when one Muta Vault was 40 bucks. Uh, yeah, and it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah. No. Are they still in standard? They're no, not they're in standard. Out, they're out of standard. They, ro- they rotated out with M14. Yeah. Okay. So, yep. So, yeah, fucking Muta Vaults. Um, so, and that's one of the reasons I'd like to get back into Marfolk. Mm-hmm. Uh, True Name Nemesis. Um, the, the only things, like, usually... I like I like Merfolk decks that have twelve islands. I mean, I'd want four wastelands, four meter vaults. Um, the, uh, or you could do the Jerry Me variant, which I call Dogfish, where I <laughs> I add in four Underground Sea, four Dark Confidant. No, I don't think I really <laughs> want to do that. Uh, Dark Confidant comes in every deck. And, and <laughs> I also um, I don't know about the Merfolk list you have built, Jerry. Like I I I've tried it, I've played it. I'm not a huge fan of playing Phantasmal Image. Uh, well, my list is actually a Mike Gerard creation. Um, he's the one who put the time into it, the burn player I was mentioning earlier. Uh-huh. But his addition, which I really like, which is real spicy, is I'm actually going to it right now because I forget the actual name of it, so I'm buying time with my witty banter so, is it so here's another one I can, I can talk about I found it sorry <laughs> Murrow Murrow Regery yes that's, that's the one. one yeah because uh, so instead of Phantasmal Image because Phantasmal Image can copy a lord but as soon as he's a target of anything he's fucking gone yeah. but I I like Regery because with True Name Nemesis I eventually want to get the vial to three if I don't have a True Name Nemesis in my hand Regery's still at three and if I actually get a Regery in and cast a curse catcher, I can untap the vial and then vial in a true name nemesis with him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the Reacher is the one that untaps and taps, right? Yes. Because yep. um, he also combos with the new Merfolk that was just printed that returns a tapped creature to its owner's hand. Yeah, I wouldn't oh, want to yeah. play with that. I wouldn't want to play with that either. Um, the addition that Mike brought to the table, though, that I think is really funny is Unstable Mutation. Which is a card from Revise, so you can yeah. open it in the pack. It's, it's actually that's actually modern legal. <laughs> it's modern legal. It's one blue for an enchant creature. Target creature gets plus three plus three. Uh, during the upkeep phase of each of its controller's turn, put a minus one minus one counter on it. <laughs> so for one blue, you throw it on a true name. True name is a six four unblockable. Uh, the next turn it's a 5-3 the next turn it's a 4-2 people look at it and they see the declining thing and it's like oh well it's going to kill your creature eventually it's like yeah but your opponent's going to be dead before that happens <laughs> yeah but it just doesn't I don't know I mean it's it's, it's I mean how many times I, do you need to swing in with a 6-4 before you win the game yeah sure. if you swing in for 6, 5, and 4 but I mean, that's going to get you to that's going to give you 15 <laughs> damage off one creature yeah. but, does tr- but does true name nemesis need an unstable mutation <laughs> I mean does it need a jit it shortens the game <laughs> sometimes sometimes you need the true name nemesis to carry the jit yeah I mean like the, the unstable mutation is ridiculous like I, I got absolutely fucking face fucked with a <laughs> somebody put an unstable mutation on a geist of saint trapped Attacked me for nine. 
Jeez. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Came at me next turn for eight. Four, <laughs> four, four in the air and fucking five on the ground. Nice. Yeah, that's that was um that hurt my feelings, man. <laughs> I, I, I remember it because I just had no idea what I could expect out of that. But yeah, unstable mutation is good. I just I don't know that true name nemesis needs it. But I mean, I'm not saying it's 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 good. Uh, I wouldn't want to jam an unstable mutation in a merfolk deck. The beautiful thing about a merfolk deck is everything in it is synergy. So yeah. if you, as long as after turn four you're not drawing lands, mm-hmm. you're drawing more gas. And it's usually more lords. But, yeah. Yeah, the worst thing a Merfolk deck can do is draw lands past, like, the second or third. Yeah, and I know a lot of people, some people were swapping out Curse Catches for Chalices a while ago. It looks like this guy's playing both. And I don't, you know, he went undefeated at fucking, at a Grand Prix. That's that's awesome. I feel he was just metting for all the Storm uh, decks in the area. Uh, Maybe because I feel this deck, this version of the deck, is very orientated to beating combo decks. It looks it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially he's probably if somebody actually does pop in, fucking reanimate Grizzlebrand, they can phantasmal image their own. Yeah. That's did you see? Play. Did you see that little kid play a reanimator this weekend? No, oh, that I didn't. was awesome. That was fucking were, so cute, Adrian. Man. Adrian, I have never seen you smile so much when you're like, you're like, he's got a grizzle brand. He's got a grizzle brand in his hand. <laughs> he had fucking Elish no one on the field. He's just attacking in past the goy. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. This little kid's playing reanimator. It was sick. He had like watery grave and stuff, and he was just that was cool. That was cool to see. Awesome. Yep. I, what was he? Probably twelve. That was so mint. Oh, that's awesome. So and and so in the sideboard here, uh, I was kind of half paying attention when I was actually trying to get the donations to happen. But you guys were talking about sideboard cards for Dredge earlier. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah, so two Graft Diggers cages. Oh yeah, at least, at least one's almost things. mandatory. Yeah, Graft Diggers cage is awesome. Yeah, that's what I have in my sideboard actually right now for the yeah. Yeah. Well, it's for dredge. It's for elves. It's for fucking it's right. For, yeah, that's, that's, for that's, that's what you guys told me last time, which I had no, I had no idea about playing that for for elves. But it makes so much sense. It shuts off Green Sun Zenith. That's the big thing. Any deck running right. Green Sun Zenith, you board in Grafdigger's Cage. Yep. Oh yeah, right, Maverick and shit. Sure. Um, luckily, it doesn't. Right. Yeah. Uh, yep, Enchantress. Um, luckily for me though, is it doesn't stop uh, Life from the Loam. So I, right. I know some people, they'll make that mistake the first couple times. They'll board in Grafdigger's Cage for Life from the Loam, and it doesn't actually work because Dredge isn't casting. Dredge is just a replacement effect. But, but uh, it, does, it, it is actually kind of funny. Um, it's I don't even know if I'd say it's funny, but it's it may be worth considering game to game bringing in a Grafdigger's Cage against an Ad Nauseam deck if they are on Past in Flames. Did I lose both of you guys? No, no, no. I, can you, can oh. you run that? So... So past. I don't remember. Flames, I don't remember exactly how past and flames works. So past and flames is like three colorless and a red to flashback. So it's usually in the graveyard off a of lion's eye diamond or some shit anyway. And then every instant or sorcery spell in the caster's graveyard has flashback until the end of turn. Okay. So that's how they'll build up more mana, more cantrips, and everything else. They'll use that as a draw engine in replace of ad nauseum. It mm-hmm. it also has flashback itself for four colorless and a red. Yeah. Okay. So you can cast it twice. Uh, which is relevant because if you have a Lion's Eye Diamond, it can be in your hands. You can crack the Lion's Eye Diamond and then cast it from your graveyard. Oh, okay. But, 
But with a graph digger's cage, they actually can't flashback anything in their graveyard anyway. Right. Okay. So it shuts that down. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'd have played that card. I yeah. didn't realize it. Graph digger's cage is really fucking funky <laughs> for white colors. This, and it was just this, like, dollar rare out of Dark Ascension that. Well, have you seen have you seen prices on foils? I was looking into getting uh, foil I, copies. Last I it, saw, they were eight. Yeah, so you can basically get a regular Graph Digger's cage for a dollar, or a foil Graph Digger's cage for ten dollars. That's a, a, t- a ten times multiplier. Well, what's the uh, does? What is the multiplier on oh, fucking chrom- chromatic lantern? Actually, oh, sorry, never mind. Prices have gone up. Uh, yep. Graph Digger's cage you can get for four dollars, and foil Graph Digger's cage you can get for twenty dollars. Oh, you see twenty? Oh, I'm seeing sixteen. Yep, that's crazy. What about chromatic lantern? I feel that's ticking up as well. That did that, when uh, when that, what was that deck that was going on? Um, I, I just I just I just like to fucking fuck with it against people who think Blood Moon is an answer to Shardless Bug. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, it's, also, it's actually it's it's the foil copy is supposed to be a Commander All Star. Yeah, it's fifteen dollar foil, and then oh, okay. the regular is the right. Wow, regular is close to six bucks. Mm. Which must, I remember seeing those in freaking 50 cent bins all day every day yeah um just to let you know if you want to be a true baller you can get a japanese foil graph diggers cage for only 80 dollars how how many yen is that uh let me do a conversion here for you (laughs) do you want me to institute the one percent commission fee Wow, I get commissions just to ask a question. I don't know. (laughs) Mutual funds don't seem like a good idea. (laughs) No, you want to invest in currency, which is an even worse idea. Can I? Yeah, let me invest in. No, all set. (laughs) Yeah, if you want to actually, so how nerdy I was the other day. Uh, I was watching a movie set in like the 1920s and it was about gangsters and they were talking about a a gig they were going to pull off and they were talking about how it was going to be worth uh, 5,000 quid and I immediately start doing research (laughs) to find out how much 5,000 British quid or British pounds would be in today's money and so I like cross-reference GDPs uh, comparing them from 1920s to now to find out an equivalent conversion rate going from 1920s British pound to present day British pound to American British pound, but also keeping into account GDP differences between the countries. This is what I did because I was bored the other day. <laughs> and what, and what'd you find? Yeah, I know, right? What's the, <laughs> uh, uh, I think it came to, it was like worth uh, roughly $42,000. <laughs> Biggest heist in us history. Um, not, 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 um, well, there was the one heist. with the plane. Yeah, is that I the one you're thinking about? Oh, DB Cooper. Yeah, DB Cooper. Thank you. That was gonna bug me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the greatest backstory to Harvey Boys and Nancy Drew style teen fan fiction alike. <laughs> so what's what's your Merfolk list, Jerry? Oh, you said it was what Mike put together. Yeah, this is the one version Mike put together. It's definitely out there. Um, so it's splashing black. I forgot it's also splashing black for dismembers. Um, uh, okay. Which, you know, in this meta, I actually don't think you need anymore. It was much more relevant when this deck was put together probably about a year ago. Yeah, a lot of people used to play fucking Dismember. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think it's as relevant, but... So it's running the Regery. Uh, it's running Phantasmal Image, Master of the Pearl, 
Trident, Curse Catcher, Silver Grill. It's also running the Coral Helm Commander. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike was a fan of that because it's also a nice one to throw the Unstable Mutation on. Uh, <laughs> so it's two blue, and it's one to level up it. Uh, it starts as a 2-2. Two, two. At levels 2 to 3, it becomes a 3-3 three, three with flying. And then at level 4-4, four, four, it becomes a 4-4 four, four with flying. Other merfolk creatures you control get plus 1, plus 1. Yeah, um, I've never been a huge fan of the commander. Yeah, he's not the best. Definitely replaceable. He's also running Cyclonic Rift as removal. Okay. Uh, Lord of Atlantis, also Master of Waves. Uh, Theros had just come out when this deck was put together. Oh, so, how many Master of Waves? Uh, there is three. Okay. Uh, three Master of Waves. Master of the Pearl Trident, Unstable Mutation, The Dismembers... Uh, Mutavaults and Cavern of Soul, uh, Cavern of Souls, um, because he didn't have access to Wasteland. And is that a proxied version or an or, or an actual version? Oh, this is actually put together. So yeah, if you ever want to borrow it, Adrian, I can always leave it up for you. Yeah, I'm, I might be curious too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, I'm coming to TE on Sunday. I do come to TE on Sunday. I know. I'm still there. Somebody's somebody's like, I haven't seen you in a little while. I'm like, I don't know. I'm fucking here every weekend. I I feel you should have told me because, yeah, Pat, Adrian actually came up to me and was like, hey, do you have an extra deck on you? Uh, Uh, I could have loaned you my deck. Well, yeah, you weren't there, though. No, that's that's true. I didn't get there until late. Yeah. No, I just, I just, I, I just went down there to to meet up with you to meet up with Jerry to uh, talk to the store a little bit. But then I realized Josh was there. I'm like, oh, I didn't fucking realize Josh was going to be here. <laughs> Shit. Now I want to find a deck. I'll play with Josh all day. <laughs> Should we uh, wrap it up, boys? I yeah, I gotta, get, I gotta go to bed. Yeah, I'm having a rough week. Was there something else? Was there anything else? So I guess we went to the State of the Union. Oh, it is at some point soon. Uh, so. It, so we've been doing all right. I guess continuation of the State of the Union, real quick before we wrap up. I guess is uh, we've been doing like a fifty-fifty of the Wounded Warrior Project and uh, MTG Cast, and I think at some point soon we want to go to a twenty-five seventy-five, right? Yep. Twenty-five percent to MTG Cast and seventy-five percent to uh, we still think St. Jude Children's Hospital. Yeah, yeah I, I love that idea, James. man. Okay. Yeah, so, but what I want to do, so today is, what, Tuesday the 18th, and I'm still getting hit up from people who, like, are either now ready to donate or whatever, um, so I want to give them some sort of heads up in advance that where the funds are going is going to be shifted so that it's not 50-50, it'll be 25-75, and it, it'll go to the Children's Hospital. Um, so probably do that, say, I imagine, like, the closing of the Crucible of Worlds, Matt? Sound good? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so yeah, we'll go. We'll go till then, the way it is, and, and keep uh, pushing forward to the Wounded Warrior anyway. And eventually, I'd like to think go back to the Wounded Warrior at seventy five twenty five also. But um, may not even worry about that at the moment. Mm-hmm. In the mean, in the meantime, uh, yeah, all these guys have been fucking awesome. Holy shit! I guess heading on into top eight, I'm gonna start with Chris Chihi. Nice. I'll even say his name right. How's that? Yeah, good, <laughs> good job. Good job. Good start. Good start. And fucking Evan, because. Uh, you know, Pat put up the link to Tusk Vision last week, and I started watching. I'm like, oh shit, there's the very least token. <laughs> and oh, speaking of Chris Cheehy, mm-hmm. Jerry, he he wishes you luck at Eternal Weekend. Aw, thanks, Chris. And I'm gonna go hit the Brazilian Steakhouse again tomorrow. So, fuck, <laughs> nice. tell it. So I guess that's that's probably that's probably good for me. And aside from um, last one, hopefully we'll be hearing from Medina soon. 
because oh, missing yeah. his boats. And uh, shout out to fucking well, not I got to hate that term. Shout out, um, scoop, scoop, scoop it in, Conrad, because I just fucking mailed something. The furthest I've. I, and I was joking with the woman at the post office. I'm like, could you just stick me in that box? I'm really curious what New Zealand looks like. <laughs> but, just watch The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, every, there, there was a movie. Oh, God, somewhere around Fast and the Furious came out. There was some cheesy movie that I saw that was all like about four-cylinder cars and stuff, but it was all set in New Zealand, and it had the coolest fucking scenery. It was like, <laughs> there, was, there was a 69 Camaro with a fucking steering wheel on the, on the other side of the car. And, oh, nice. Like, in the U.S., I acknowledge, try to find a dashboard for a 69 Camaro because you want to replace the one that's all dry-rotted. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it. I'm like, how would you find one that's got the steering wheel on the other side? That's an interesting dashboard to try to find anything you like that. you got to fabricate it. <clears throat> Show up. Sure. Well, then, yeah, but then you're not all original. You know, I guess you're not all original with a replacement dashboard. I don't know. <laughs> There's something to be said for OEM. Sure, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so that's that's enough out of me. How about, uh, how about you, Jerry? Uh, yeah, I got two people today. Uh, wanted to shout out at grapple underscore grapple, grapple grapple. I feel that that's a uh, grapple, grapple, grapple. Uh, heavy meta reference right there. Uh, <laughs> you feel it is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have an inkling. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. His name's on Twitter, so I feel he wants it out there. Uh, Joshua Millard. Uh, he hit us up to donate. Uh, he's, he just came up and he's like, hey, instead of comments and uncommons, can I just give you guys some rares that you can sell and donate the money? So, yeah, I told him, you know, we're accepting everything and anything. We'll find a way to, you know, turn it into a donation. Um, so definitely thanks to him. Also talking to him on Twitter. And then also, uh, I'm just going to use his first name because I don't know if he wants to be, have his name made public, is uh, Josh, uh, who uh, never met, but he's a listener of the show. I think he's out west somewhere. Um, and he was just asking me about the aggro loan list and is just every tournament I've been to, he asked for updates on it because he's interested in playing the list. So just like that as a way to kind of put my thoughts on paper without even meaning to. So, uh, yeah, just wanted to give him a scoop in. All right, Pat, you want to bring us home? Sure. Um, I got a couple scoops. Uh, first I want to scoop in my buddy Nate from eBay for sending me back my goblin guides. That was real nice of him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh... The, I was on an episode of the Spike Feed uh, last week and the week before, and they just hit episode 100, so I wanted to scoop those guys in for getting to 100 episodes. It's a pretty amazing, amazing feat. Nice. Um, actually, I think I think we're closing in, uh, closing in on 50, so that's pretty... Pretty close to 52, yeah. It's almost been a year, Jerry. Yeah, 52, the, ma- the year mark. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll probably not do anything too time-consuming or... <laughs> no, we're not going to have a music... I thought we were going to have a musical episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's going to be a live-action musical. We've been, yeah, okay, we've been thank rehearsing. You, <laughs> <laughs> There's the least we can do for everybody. Yeah, you know? I'll tune up the guitar. And uh, and and last but not least, um, want to scoop it again, uh, Tony and G2 Games. Uh, yeah. If it wasn't for them, you know, we wouldn't... It's All the comments and uncommons that you guys give us is amazing, and you guys have gone out of your way to get them to us, and it's very, very much appreciated. We're We're really appreciative of that. Um, and Tony, again, is the other end of that equation. He gives us a great rate on him. He's been, you know, I go in there, he gives us cash, we put it in PayPal, we send it off, and it's just been an awesome relationship to have him there. So um, I just want to give a big shout-out to Tony, G2 Games. They're in Uxbridge, Mass. If you get a chance, um, you can check out their little shop. They always have cool stuff there. Uh, he has great prices on his stuff. Um, check him out. And uh, that's all I got. And, uh, you know, uh, follow us on Twitter. 
Uh, the, all those are in the show notes. And then find us on Facebook, Leaving a Legacy. It's a great place to get in touch with other people who listen to the podcast, get in touch with us. Um, you can send us uh, long-form questions or suggestions to leavingalegacymtg at gmail.com. Right, Adrian? Yeah, because I'm the only one that gets the emails. <laughs> or just find us on Facebook and hit us up that way. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, you could do that, too. If yeah. Not everybody's got Facebook. Scoop in the top eight. I'm going to go back and do another one. Uh, Jay Richardson. Jerry knows who he is. Yes. Right, Jerry? Okay, good. <laughs> good you I, I, didn't, I didn't know what I was supposed to say to that, though. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, we served in Nam together. Yep. <laughs> uh, he recently got married, and today's his birthday. Oh, I forget. Yeah. Congrats to Jay Richards. Have a great Monday, everyone, or, or a, Tuesday. Or yeah, Tuesday. No, yeah, or Tuesday. And <laughs> here comes some. Here's, here comes some energy pumping music from Pat to help you day fly by. There you go. <laughs> we eat fish, short salads, and make rat ballads. The biochemical slang lord, a throw to Arrich in the dolphin. Vocal cords, switch laser beams, my triple sevens. Broke the slot machines out in Queens, grape who pawn is. Rebel on rap, smack corns, we like batons. Most my niggas smoke like Hillshire farms. Check the gummy show underneath my shoe lines. The tap that attack bow legged bitches who ride horse gaps and still hills. I ain't hills smoke the blow on. You run everyone's priming team, it's afraid of my lungs Turn my channel, it'll blow your whole bench off the panel Like 80 Roman candles that backfire the slams you Every day is like a video shoot Check this shit, I take it back to Playboy Stash guns and whips Picture Afro pigs, shish kebabs and dashikis Thousand civil bonds, face the fist in the early 60s Now check this one, you must have been stupid to miss this one Don a showgun and flip a ton of fashion Destination be the cash one, I step past one Don't make me blast one, I'm cold like Eskimo flow, cap a villain, stay chillin', take shots of penicillin, clean out and let the steam out, she fiend go out, but I'm equipped with mad wife, Morris the rap got nine lives, I take a few hundred thousand dollar dies and then I still never go down, until the last round I shine, when Richard do his thing, motherfucker, I'ma do mine, now, where I come from, cats be carrying, marrying drug money, fuck up your wife, get for the life, clean we handling. Midtown niggas, scrambling, moving, examine the fly shit, plus quick to buy shit, chef, yeah, you know the whole guards, Astrobook, Fidel Castro suits, plus depositing cash rule big time, play it like Canadian wine, Rich is divine now, the sacredness of one's true mind, now let's get colorful like money green, high roller coaster, Sosa, million dollar nigga roaster, yeah God, be having my whole steez lace, now let's rap and taste, connect dots, aim glocks, train stop, figaro, fly jeweling, tri-color Cubans, swerving, with power Germans and suburbans, 24 niggas with vests on, my own Restaurant, Don sending my son's membership forms and still getting this paper scraper. Fake gators from Jamaica, wizards be passing like Lakers and it be coming from Lex, Lewis Rich, Liberace, feed the style and block your goals like hockey.